Welcome to At the Root with Greg Kuiper. Greg is a psychotherapist and holistic life coach. His practice is Kuiper Counseling. Through his professional practice and personal experiences, Greg knows that without connection to ourselves, connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. If you have a question or a comment, please feel free to call into the show at 425-373-5527 or go to KuiperCounseling.com where you can connect with Greg. Hello to Greg. Hello to Stacy. I keep you? thinking that I shouldn't do the opening to that, except that that opening is so much a mantra of what the show is about. Yeah, it is. That it's like I can't. We might have to switch it up a little bit. I don't know, though. <laughs> I mean, maybe the part about like you, but that whole connection to ourselves. And, right. You no, know. that's it. That's the point of the whole show. It is. Right. Yeah. So. You know, we can mix it up a little bit somehow, but yeah. um, anyway, or not. Or not. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, we'll let the, we'll see what the people say. Mm. Um, so last time we we talked, um, of course, we continued the conversation about you know the bandages that are covering the wounds um, sure. and starting to remove these layers. Um, and you talk about how that's a key element in what you call the grand illusion, right? right. Operating without these and how um, couples who come in thinking that they're coming in because of a lack of communication are really coming in due to a lack of connection. Yeah, which produces a lack of communication. Right. right? I mean, we've got to get down to the bottom of it. Exactly. And then you... Um, and that's kind of what we're doing with Shard C, right? Exactly. Well, and I was going to say, and then um, we got an update on Charlotte, of mm-hmm. Charlotte and Steve. Uh, we had been focusing on Steve for a couple weeks, and now Charlotte was getting her time. Right. And that's this week, we, we, we bring them back together for the first time. Oh, good. Since they had their individual sessions, yeah. You know, we, we've kind of been watching these light bulbs come on for Charlotte and Steve shedding some light on their increased understanding of their individual illusions, which are, you know, existing and operating in the background from their subconscious autopilot, right? And, and we all create these illusions in order to uh, live without our difficult emotional experiences from our past. And these illusions are the barriers that are preventing us from connecting with our true selves and then with the self of the other in our relationships. So in this case, Steve is allowing more light to shine on his bandages of anger and the defensive posture that he built his illusion upon resulting from his dad's behavior and lack of emotional connection. And Shar is starting to see the fear and withdrawal bandages that her illusion consists of due to the incessant attacks on her self-worth from her parents and peers as a child. So critical moments of enlightenment are starting to be unveiled for both people. And it's a little scary. It always is. The bandages are not helping with either the healing or prevention of further contamination of the wounds, right? 
quite the opposite. They're blocking and preventing the healing energy of the truth and our true selves. So healing these wounds of crushed self-worth and absent emotional connection happens not from the outside world, but from within, from our true self. For that is where we find the compassion, the unconditional love, the forgiveness that is the cure. Self-compassion, self-love, self-forgiveness. We won't find these ingredients for the cure in all the bandages we can come up with, right? You name them, drugs and alcohol, medications, self-harm, withdrawal, distraction, blaming others being a victim. All of these are just bandages, and they are preventing the healing, not providing the healing. A pathway to finding these magical ingredients within ourselves will lie in finding and allowing compassion, love, and forgiveness from others in our lives. That's the first step, a big step. Surrounding ourselves with people who give those magic ingredients unconditionally. And most importantly, allowing these persons to gift us, allowing, taking it, accepting it. Very important. And distancing ourselves from those who cannot or will not share it. You know, our our subconscious autopilot is programmed to provide a continuous supply of people who will reinforce our disbelief all the time, right? I mean, it's just... Oh. It's going to be a continuous supply as long as we allow it. Right. Like when you have that self-doubt and you have all those negative feelings, when you're like, can I get an amen? You hear like the voices in your head and the people around you like, amen. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) It's the worst. I'm like, where are you when I'm like, like, look at me. And everyone's like, oh, jeez. Yeah, right. (laughs) Or at least that's what I think they're saying. That's right. But as long as, as, as we allow that to be our autopilot, our programming, the, these people who uh, are going to knock us down are just going to be put in front of us. With awareness, we can know who they are, right, and move towards a more supportive cast of individuals in our life. I, I think this is a... A key step in finding those attributes in ourselves, you know, those magical ingredients. Do we stay in these, do we find these types of people because it keeps us in the status quo of what we're used to and that's a comfortable place? Yeah, I think so. Remember, this is autopilot. This is automatic programming that we've been in for all of these years. It's subconscious. We keep it there. And uh, we don't even know really that these people are surrounding us and reinforcing all of this. Right. I mean, it's, we have to bring it into awareness, right? We talk about that. But as soon as we can bring it into awareness, we realize these people that we've surrounded ourselves with or that are there, they've glommed on to us, right, are not helping at all. Right. Well, and what's the definition, they say, of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? Right. So right. you surround yourself with the same people over and over again and... And hope that things are going to change. It's not. Right. But we have to have some awareness. 
So, you know, reprogramming this unconscious autopilot is going to be challenging, right? That's what we're talking about doing is we've got to change the program. So I encourage everybody to seek out professional help, right, when, when you're making this journey, therapist or a coach, someone who can learn, you know, somebody that you can learn to trust to help you through this. Just doing this can be a challenge for many, right? Just just finding somebody <laughs> or looking can be really hard. If you're, you know, if you're autopilot for years now has been that you don't need any help. I've got this. I don't need any help. Then I would suggest that you step outside of yourself for a moment and ask, how's that been working for you? <laughs> Right. And by the way, and why are you telling yourself that? Right. <laughs> the there person who doesn't need help isn't reinforcing to themselves like, no, you got this. Right. They're <laughs> you not. don't need help. Yeah. Yeah. Part of your learning will be the awareness that you can trust and be vulnerable. Ooh. Mm. It wouldn't hurt, have hurt. You know, it wouldn't hurt to have help with this one. Right. right. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. If you're going to. Learn to be vulnerable and, and trust, and that's very difficult for you. It's, it's nice to have somebody to help you through that. Right. You, you know, it's, I'm thinking of the person with the layers and layers of bandages, and, you know, you don't want anybody to address these wounds, right? right. You want somebody that has a good bedside manner. Yep. There you go. I like that. So that's where we've come with Charlotte and Steve after their individual sessions, right? They, they originally came to me for help with their relationship. And part of that for me and for them has been helping them find and understand their individual illusions and the triggers to those illusions, right? Understanding that so that they can stop the critical loop and stop triggering themselves in order to look deeper. So, you know, and as I go forward, I will continue to help them in their individual journeys as we work on the relationship. But each of them has, has chosen to work with an individual therapist also as they discover more about healing their emotional wounds from within. And I think that's great. You know. So question about then yeah. how that works in practice for you. So you work with them as a couple. Uh-huh. Do you ever work with one of the two spouses, or do you make sure that, or does that seem like you're playing favorites? Well, that's the difficulty, right? Mm-hmm. And and the, the ethical piece, whatever you want to call it for a therapist, is uh, I will work with the couple and both individually for a period of time, which can be short or long. I mean, it depends on the depth of their illusions, right? And are they willing to share and be open with each other? I can't be in the middle taking sides, right? And right. I don't want to be, right? right? And I don't want it to come across that way because there's no progress then. So, so many times, especially if it's a, a, a really difficult traumatic problem uh, for one or the other of them, uh, it's best to find an independent therapist and dig deep into that, right? Mm-hmm. Really dig deep into that. Um, uh, yeah. And then do you communicate with, obviously they have to give permission because right, there's right. like the confidentiality piece and right. all of that. Um, however, I know with some 
doctors, you can give permission to, you know, converse about some things. So do you sometimes then converse with this other person? I want to always do that. Okay. Um, hopefully, and the other therapists will want to, too. Okay. I mean, um, and hopefully we're semi on the same page with our, whatever you want to call it, methods or mm-hmm. whatever. But it, it typically works out that way. Okay. You know, Sorry, it was a little side trip, but I figured no, these no, are good no, questions. No, 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 it's important. For... It's important. I mean, the idea is to help the individual through their illusions and, and gain some confidence and some trust, right? Mm-hmm. And so that they can come back into the couple's counseling and improve their relationship. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So as we continue on this journey, right, of finding the emotional connection in the relationship, it's really important to help each partner find the awareness that they can participate in the healing of their partner. Participate in the healing of their partner. Important awareness here. And so doing, they move closer and closer to this attunement they seek together, right? We don't wait till everybody's fixed and then try to find the attunement, right? Right. I mean, who knows how long that's going to take. I mean, or, or it's always better, always better. If, as they're working on their individual illusions, their individual work, that they're in tune with each other's individual work and helping each other, supporting each other, right? That's what we want to support. Right. So it, it always works. Right. So this is a key point that I can't stress enough, right? The, the individual work that each does is going to take some time. And it will take whatever time it will take, right? I mean, it just does. So what we don't want is time to be a factor in the result. There's no timeline here, right? Remember, this is a journey, a discovery for each and for both. So finding that place of working together, not just on the relationship, but on each other's individual work, being able to provide that support for the other in their journey is only going to help the couple become more attuned. Right? Mm -hmm. I believe that. What we have then is the we working on the we, right? Right. Versus the universal we. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mentioned earlier about seeking those magic ingredients, right? Love, compassion, forgiveness, and, and, re- and seeking it out from others in order to find it for yourself. What better other than the person you so desire to find the attunement of a healthy relationship and future together? Finding that support. A lot of times there can be barriers to this happening. One partner has the belief that they have been holding on for a long time and the other hasn't changed and boundaries have been set, dadgummit. This is it. I've put up with this for too long. If this round of therapy doesn't work, I'm done. Or, I'm giving it six months. If you can't get him to change, great. Otherwise, I've got to look at my options. Hmm. So this happens, you know, and so the boundaries have already been set, and that kind of stops any kind of progress um, with that pressure, that timeline pressure, right? 
we got six months to fix this. Right. It doesn't work. There goes that grace that, you know, you've talked about in prior episodes and having the grace to, you know, confront, address, um, hug, whatever it is, that inner, that inner child. Like, you know, how, how can you have so little patience in establishing a relationship with your significant other, let alone yourself? Well, and you know, it's not a, it's not uncommon that one or the other of these people are at the end of the proverbial rope, right? I mean, I, a lot of times I'll ask them, you know, how much rope is left, you know? Right. I just, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's very easy to sit as an outsider and I'm like, you know, no, there's no end of the rope. <laughs> there can be for a lot of folks. Well, I mean, think of the years and years of abuse, emotional abuse. Absolutely. And, and they took that years and years of emotional abuse probably from childhood too so here it's continued on in their relationship life and they're done they've had enough yes and i think what i'm reacting to is that it's like okay you may push the person off the rope it's like a tug of war right you may be like man i don't need you out of the way but hold on to the rope for yourself because it seems like the work that's happening by addressing the individuals and coming together into the we, it's like, okay, we may not be possible to move forward, but having the strength to move forward then individually. Right. <sighs> oh gosh. So, so, you know, it's really hard to have positive work be done with such strict, threatening boundaries, right? We all have our limits. I hear one partner say, I know there are some things I can change, but the abuse I've taken over these years, I'm done with it. So this, this is why we want to go to the discovery of each other's illusions and triggers. Finding the acknowledgement that we both have something going on that's not helping this relationship. Hopefully we can reset the rope, right? Once we understand that the behavior is unconscious and reactive, coming from the other's illusions. The idea isn't just to buy time but to take off on a lifelong journey together, discovering and supporting. Trust is a huge component, right? If you've spent years cutting someone slack with little to no results, and now this person wants more slack? Right. Yes. I'm asking for a little more. Long enough to see each other's commitment to individual work on the illusions and the wounds. And that's pretty much where we are with Char and Steve. They've each got an idea of their individual illusions and wounds, right, as well as their partners. So how can we make a space for trust and commitment? Right? So I met with them together for the first time since their individual sessions. Tell me about your interaction since we last met together. An overview, you know, how do, how do you think they've been going? And how have you felt about them? When they came in, they were cheerful, sat together on the couch. I sensed a positive energy from both of them. They, lo- they both looked at each other with that, you start, no, you start expression. Char finally started. You know, I've noticed a difference. In general, there is not such an edge It's like I've been able to let my guard down just a little bit. 
Steve jumped in. I agree. We've 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 had a few tiffs, but in general, we've been easier to approach. What do you think you can attribute that to? I asked. They both looked at each other again. Steve said, I think it's just knowing that we both have illusions and we are acting from and and they, they aren't real. Char added, I'm a little bit more able to back off from thinking his behavior is intentionally hurtful. That's been so automatic for me. It still comes up. But I'm able to bring it into awareness at some point, most of the time. There is still some fear. I see him catching his behavior at times, so that gives me hope. Steve said, well, it's not easy. I replied to him, no, it's not, especially at first. As with anything, with practice it gets easier. And remember, please be sure to treat all this with curiosity and wonder, both of you. It's not helpful if you beat yourself or the other self up when you miss it. Sometimes you will. I continued, it sounds like you are beginning to catch yourself when you are being triggered to your illusions. Are either of you able to point out to the other when you see their triggers happening? Or are you catching yourself triggering the other person and bringing it up to them? Shar said, I don't see that happening yet. I'm not sure I'm ready for that. It's still hard to trust what is happening or not happening. I replied, that's okay, Char. Trusting can be a big trigger for you. You know that, right, Steve? I do. But now that we are realizing what's going on, you know, I just want to get by that. I know you do, I answered. We always hear trust takes time, right? I don't agree with that totally. What it does take is a continued awareness that work is being done. There is, you know, there's effort being spent to change. And so, yes, however long that takes, but it's the effort, not a timeline. Steve replied, well, that makes sense. A demonstration that I'm serious. Char jumped in. It's more than a demonstration, Steve. It's a continuous behavior. You're right. That's what I meant. All right, Char. Calm down. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so, Char replied. I sensed a slight change in energy as Char had prickled just a bit here. It told me that she had a ways to go with the trust. And that's okay. I hope... Steve got the message, too. And, and from the looks on his face, it, 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 I think he did. I would like for you both to continue finding awareness around your own and your partner's triggers and getting closer to discussing them in a curious fashion, right, between the two of you. I'd also like for you both to think about what your individual desires, and needs are for the relationship. Not desires and needs from your partner, but desires and needs 
from the relationship. What are yours? I'd like for you to make a note of these. And then I want to talk about them next time, okay? That was the end of the session. That was a good session. Okay. Repeat the homework for me so that I can do it with Pete. <laughs> so, Well, this is an interesting one, and it takes some thought. People sometimes uh, don't realize, or they, or they come back and, and tell me their individual desires and needs for their partner, you know, like, I wish he'd just shut up. You know, that's not what I'm asking here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm asking what your desire and your need what are they for the relationship, for the we? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, you know, make note of them. And then we compare what, what uh, the two. Okay. And so I, think, I think these two are ready to start that. You know, might be pushing it a little bit with them, but that's the best. Well, to, and you. To keep pushing, you know. You also mentioned the. Um, Encouraging them to look out for the others, like that curiosity and, and being right, aware right. of the thing that triggers. Well, what I want them to get to the point of is being able to go, oh, am I triggering you? I am. You see, that point rather than right. I'm getting triggered. Right. Yeah. Well, and then if you trigger, you're like, ha, 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 I knew it. Or you're like, well, geez, my bad. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Hopefully it's the the um, the latter, not the former. Right. <laughs> okay. With that note, um, and with our homework in hand, we must end. Um, I'm excited. I've written it down in my planner. I will work <laughs> on this. And if you are interested in learning more about Greg, you can go to KuiperCounseling.com. You can follow him on Facebook. You can listen to past episodes of At The Root on your preferred podcast platform. You can also find him on Instagram. He is very open to connecting with you. It's what he does. It's what I do. Greg, your final words. Everyone, just stay aware out there. See you next week.